But in the long run, if you have stubborn body fat, you might be able to trick your body into burning more fat for fuel if you implement fasting. So that's a huge benefit for anybody trying to get really lean. What's going on, guys? Today, I'm going to fire off another short podcast. Okay, I lied. I say that every single time and it ends up not being that way. But I do believe with this topic, it is going to be a little bit easier for me to crank it out a little bit quicker for you guys. And what I want to talk about today is intermittent fasting. See, I don't know if this is just another trend where things come and go in the industry uh, and a lot of people get really heavily involved in things because a few years back when Mark Burkham, um, I don't know if I'm saying that right, really popularized uh, intermittent fasting with the whole lean gains approach, which is 16 hours fasting, eight hours eating, it like exploded and everybody under the sun was practicing fasting. But if we look back years and years and years before that, it was a a really widely approached thing um, across the world, right? More for religious purposes or cleansing of the body, um, some hippie woo-woo shit. But the truth is it's really good for you and it's becoming really popular again. Um, I myself have dabbled in it for years now um, and I've been pretty consistent with it again. So I want to I want to bring it up again because I keep getting people asking me, um, why should I fast? What are the benefits? Um, is it okay if I train when I fast? All these different things. So I just want to kind of break down the template in the guide so you can properly intermittent fast um, and also so you can stop worrying about detriments, right? So I get a lot – and that's what I'm going to talk about first is – are there any cons? The only con of intermittent fasting um, really is if your sole goal is to build maximum amount of muscle and you are a skinny, scrawny person, you're going to need to eat a lot of calories. Uh, when we intermittent fast, we only have a 8 to 12-hour window at most, and that's if you're going the really low route, um, to consume all these calories. And the hard part about that is is getting those calories in that short window. So if you're trying to gain muscle, I actually wouldn't really recommend doing intermittent fasting. If you can get away with 12 hours in a day, I think that would be really good for your digestion, especially because you're going to be in a pretty big caloric surplus. Uh, But other than that, if your goal is solely to get bigger, solely to gain weight, um, or you're a high-performance athlete where you just need to stay on top of your game constantly because you have multiple training sessions, practices, games, tournaments, competitions, whatever it may be within a short time period, whether that's a day or a weekend. I don't really recommend this just because your energy level is going to be tapped out during that fasted period. Now, some people would argue that that is complete bullshit because a lot of people thrive um, energy-wise on intermittent fasting. See, some people are more fat dominant uh, fuel users or they just run better on ketones or they run better on a fasting approach when they don't have food in their stomach they actually feel better they actually perform better they actually have more energy um and i think it goes two ways for me i do feel that energy i do feel that mental clarity i do feel that um I don't know how to say it besides energy and mental clarity, but I do feel that that sense of, of being able to perform and being able to operate really well. Um, and actually, that's why I intermittent fast because I do a lot of work uh, like this podcast or video content or blogs or emails and programming and work for my online clients and all these different things, usually in the morning while I'm fasted. And I feel a lot better. But I do not feel as good in the gym, right? When I go into the gym fasted, I have a ton of mental clarity. I'm motivated. I'm ready to get it. 
but because my fuel source is a little tapped out, I notice that I do not lift as much weight. Um, and, and if you are an avid listener of the podcast, you heard me talk not long ago. I was, I was testing with this, right? And I was actually training fasted every single day of the week and I felt fine. I felt great. Um, and I didn't have any issues. I actually was getting a really good pump while I was fasted and there was no, no issue. So I recently switched back and tried to just add in one small meal of just protein and carbs before I went to the gym. And I actually was able to lift a little bit more weight. Um, and I, and it wasn't a progressive overload thing like, Oh, you've just been training on the same program because at the end of the day, I've been training a really long time now and it doesn't happen that quick. Um, now, it's kind of a balance between the mental clarity and that. So I need to still fast in the morning and then have a small meal, blah, blah, blah. So my system is going to be constantly tweaking so I can master this. Um, but at the end of the day, like the big takeaway here is you're not going to lose muscle mass by intermittent fasting. In fact, you might actually build muscle mass. When we hit that 13, 14, 16, and especially when we get over that 16-hour mark of fasting, our growth hormone levels actually spike a little bit higher. Um, when we hit 20-plus hours, it's even higher. So with growth hormone, along comes testosterone. So if we're talking about maintaining muscle, one of the biggest precursors to make sure that we're maintaining, if not building muscle, is growth hormone. And if we can constantly have bigger spikes in growth hormone because we're fasting, shit, we might be able to build muscle. And that's why a lot of people are practicing this because if your goal is to build muscle while staying very lean, first of all, you're going to have to be very patient. Um, if you're a skinny guy, and, and I have a couple of uh, guys online that I work with who are, are scrawnier guys um, and their sole goal is to put on muscle. Like the goal is not to worry about staying lean because they're lean enough. They just need to get bigger. And, and once they get bigger, they'll probably actually look leaner because they're putting on more muscle. Um, they'll be bigger frame all around. Their arms and shoulders and back will get bigger, which will make the front of their body, their abs and everything look tighter. So there's no like let's stay lean or add cardio or intermittent fasting with those guys. It's like let's build muscle. And one of my guys is a good example. He's actually – he's a really tall, scrawny dude. He can never build muscle and he's put on 15 pounds with me and it, it hasn't even been – maybe more actually, maybe even 20 pounds. It's, it, he's been working with me for under a year but he's been been with me for a while. But the point is, is it's like slow and steady, right? Now, if your goal is to gain lean muscle, like if I want to build muscle mass and keep my abs, it's going to take me a lot longer and that's just part of it. And if that's the case, I'm willing to be patient, then I think intermittent fasting is a great solution for that because you're getting these spikes in growth hormone, you're getting these spikes in testosterone, but you can also utilize intermittent fasting to stay very lean. So the caveat here is simple. If you're a scrawny guy looking to get really big, I don't recommend intermittent fasting. That's really the only downside. And the only downside is because you it's very difficult from a lifestyle and sustainability approach to consume enough calories to gain a serious mus amount of muscle mass while having a short eating window. Okay. The other caveat is for women. I get this question all the time. Can women intermittent fast? Women can intermittent fast. And I wouldn't really recommend going much over 12 to 14 hours at most because once you do, you will start noticing. Um, actually, I shouldn't say you will because it's different for every person. And I would say you have to test it out and see how things feel first. But a lot of women ha um, have menstrual issues, have uh, issues with their hormones like thyroid and adrenal glands and all these different things when they start intermittent fasting. And the reason being is simple. Female hormones are very, very sensitive. They do like consistent nutrient feedings, consistent um, 
delivery of calories and food in general and fuel to their body and their hormones thrive on that. So it might be smarter to do uh, no fasting or 12 hours at the most just to get the digestive benefits and then stick to eating four to five meals a day for women. That's my opinion. There's no hard science on this and there's very little science on intermittent fasting period. Um, There's more and more coming out along the lines of like time-restricted feeding and things like that. But there's none on women specifically. So the only caveats are those. Women, you might not do well with it. Um, it you, you have to test it out. I've had women that 16-hour fast every single day and they feel great. And I've had women that try 13 to 14 hours and uh, it messes with their body, the way they feel, their hormones and everything, and they have to switch it up. So it really just depends on the person. you got to test it out. Now, there's a couple ways to do this. I personally am a big fan of doing once a week fast for everybody and women can get away with this as well. If you don't think that you can sustainably hit 12, 14, 16 hours and I know 12 hours doesn't seem like much but it actually is because if you wake up in the morning and you have coffee with some like almond milk or whatever in the morning or you have a light breakfast, you're already hitting like you've probably only slept six hours most people eight if you're really good and then you wake up and eat right away then you're hitting 10 maybe 11 so it's actually you have to consciously make an effort to hit 12 hours of fasting every day even though your sleeping is counted here but um for those people who can't sustain that and do not believe they can commit to doing that every day because it does help like if you do it once a week and it's only 12 hours, you're not going to get a lot of benefit from that, especially from a hormonal standpoint when it comes to insulin sensitivity and growth hormone all these things. And I'll go over all these benefits soon. But if you can't do that, then I suggest once a week doing 20 to 24 hours fast. And that can be on a non-training day like a Sunday, right? So Saturday night you finish eating at 10. Then the next day you would literally not eat all day. You would not eat until 6 8 or 10 p.m. So you pretty much just have dinner, right? Um, The reason this is so beneficial is because the biggest spikes in all these hormonal benefits and all these uh, cell regeneration benefits where that is like the huge benefit when it comes to disease prevention and things, these effects all occur when we pass the 20 to 24-hour mark. In fact, when you hit 36 to 48 hours of fasting, and yes, people actually do that, You're getting so much of these benefits. It's actually really, really insane. So if you can do it once a month and hit like a one to two day fast, that's a real game changer from a longevity standpoint. Um, It's very, very hard for me to do. I've done 24 hours. I've never gone past that um, simply because I love food. Um, I train every single day, seven days a week. in a smart way. (laughs) Trust me, I'm not overtraining. So that's that's a whole different side topic. But um, I can't. I just. I can't do it. Um, I've done 24 hours when I do take rest days because I don't always train seven days a week, but uh, usually I do. So the the most common way is either to do 12, 14, or 16 hours. Now I would recommend 14 to 16 hours because that's a closer time period. You have a smaller eating window, which is going to help uh, the in- insulin sensitivity benefits. Uh, but the most beneficial is going to be 16 hours a day. Now. Everybody listen, just understand that if you can only do 12 or 13 hours one day and then one day 16 and then one day 14, you're totally fine. Obviously, the most ideal in this situation is going to be the 16-hour mark, but if you can't do that every single day, the goal is just to stay within 12 to 16 hours. The longer you go, the more benefits from a hormonal standpoint you'll get, but you still get a lot of those benefits from 12 hours, especially if you're doing this intuitive fasting approach on a daily basis. So... The easiest way to split this up is just plan on having two to three meals a day. Having four meals a day is going to be tough. 
simply because you have less time to eat. So you'll end up eating every two hours. And to be honest with you, from many aspects, that's not very beneficial. You're not giving your body enough time to break the nutrients down and actually extract them before you start trying to digest again. You're, you're overworking your digestive system. And on top of that, muscle protein synthesis is going to be peaking between three to five hours. So we actually want to separate our meals three to five hours apart. So I never recommend eating another meal within three hours of your last meal, unless you absolutely have to, to meet your calories, but that's a completely different topic. So you're going to want to have two to three meals a day. Um, and the way you break this up is really, really simple. Every single meal should have one to two handfuls of protein. Every single meal should ideally have some greens in it, um, some kind of veggies. Every meal should have a small amount of fat, so whether that's two thumb, uh, two thumbs or a palmful of nuts, butter, whatever you want to choose for your fat. You should have some kind of fat in there. And then you're going to couple your carbohydrates around your workout. So the most ideal way to do this is to break your fast with a smaller meal. This would be like a green salad. So you have a, a big bed of greens. Um, you have like a chicken breast, maybe some like olives, a hard-boiled egg, avocado. So you got some fats. You got some protein. You got some greens. It's, but it's not a massive meal. It's pretty small, less than 500 calories. But it hits. you're hitting some nutrients. You're getting your targets. Um, I had a lot of guys who would actually also just do a protein shake and a green drink. That's how they broke their fast. So they get their protein. They get their greens. They take their fish oil and everything at that meal, and then they wait couple uh, – two to three hours later, you have a pre-workout meal. So you can have this two hours later if you had a small meal. Otherwise, I would recommend three to four hours later. Um, but it all, again, depends on your fast. And this is why if you end up having to eat within two hours, then you know you should probably only have two meals versus three. So it all depends on your eating window um, and what your schedule looks like. So at this point, you would have your pre-workout meal. So again, really basic. Have one or two handfuls of protein, have some carbohydrates, um, have a little bit of fat to slow down the digestion, and go train. After that, you're going to have a lot of calories left. So let's use a 2,000-calorie model, for example. Meal one was 500 calories. Meal two was 500 calories. Meal three is going to be 1,000 calories. So this is where the whole feasting method comes into play. You just worked out. You burned a lot of energy. It's later in the day. You're going to have your final meal of the day, and it's going to be 1,000 calories. You're going to want some fat because you need to slow down digestion of everything you're intaking so your body doesn't take a huge insulin dump right before bed. Um, you don't want cortisol to go through the roof. You're going to have some carbohydrates because you need to release growth hormone. You need to recover. You need to replenish. You need to um, – fuel your body and get some uh, your essentially daily intake of carbohydrate needs and then you're going to have a good amount of protein and I would throw veggies in there too. So this is your meal where you're having a big T-bone steak, a massive sweet potato with butter on it, um, a bunch of sauteed vegetables, whatever it may be but you're having a feast. So Go ham, but this is not a, an excuse, and this is where intermittent fasting took a really bad turn, is when people would fast for 20 hours, and then they would have a Big Mac meal because they fasted, and that's their feasting period. It's not an excuse to eat fucking shit, and I always say this. Eat like an adult, not like a child. You should be eating real food, and the more and more I dig into epigenetics and what our body does, not only our body, but our future children's body will do um, – it's unbelievable uh, what the ingredients we put in our body uh, will allow us to do. Shit, I, I've been reading this book. I think somebody recommended it in um, the Mind vs. Muscle team page called Deep Nutrition. And it's go, it goes back into ancestral and stuff. And she, I mean she was studying the way Indians ate way back, Native Americans. And uh, they would literally they – <laughs> they made it a competition. It was actually pretty fucking sick. They would uh, take uh, bison, buffalo um, intestines and they would have one guy on each end and they would eat until they met, like who could eat the most intestines. Disgusting. But 
they eat all of the uh, animal because it reduces the need for antibiotics and vitamins and supplements and all this shit because there's fermented food, there's probiotics, there's all these different vitamins and minerals inside of real food that we don't get otherwise. So again, this is another side rant and we can I can do a whole different topic or podcast on this if you guys want. But the point is that intermittent fasting is an excuse to eat shit. Okay, So back to the meal structure. Now, if you're only eating two meals a day, I would suggest each meal being the exact same or the first one being slightly smaller. So it really depends on how you feel working out. I know some people who can eat a massive meal and then go work out right away. Whereas me personally, and this is probably why I felt good fasting while I trained, I have to have a smaller meal. I have to hit my protein, hit my carbs, have some fuel, but I can't overdo it or I just feel lethargic while I'm training. My body's trying to digest. So it kind of depends where you're at. I know some people who, let's say they break their fast at noon, they can eat 1,000 calorie meal. They eat half their calories. So we're going off that 2,000 calorie model again. They eat a 1,000 calorie meal. They're getting their greens, they're getting their protein, they're getting their fats, they're getting their carbs everything. Um, I would suggest a little bit less fats if you're going a high carb diet, but that's another story. Um, so they get everything in and then they wait two to four hours before training. Then they can train and then they go ahead. Whereas somebody like me, I would probably be more inclined to do like a 600 to 700 calorie meal. So it's a lot smaller, still a decent sized meal. And I still get all my calories and nutrients in. And then I would work out within two to three hours because I don't like to work out way after my meal. I like to, I like to eat and then train relatively uh, quickly after that, but enough to let my body digest. And then I would have a 1200 calorie meal, 1300 calorie meal at night. So it kind of depends where you're at. The big key here is you're probably going to be in the two to three meal range. You're going to need protein every meal. You're going to need a little fats in every meal. You're going to have carbs pre and post workout and you're going to have veggies. If you need to cut calories or do anything to further your results, it would be as simply as lowering the amount of carbohydrates you have post-workout. I would still suggest having them pre-workout or vice versa. Cut some fats out. Do whatever. It's very, very simple. Um, But in most cases, the really big benefit here is that because you're reducing such a big time period where you're not eating, it's it's very unlikely that you're going to have to tweak a lot because it's going to be – if you're on a a low-calorie diet, it's going to be hard to get even those calories in that eating window. So it always feels like you're being satiated because you're eating enough food um, in that time window. Um, So you're having bigger meals. I should say, because it's going to keep your satiety up in that way. Also, fasting in general, because of the hormone response for the hunger hormones um, and the stress hormones, actually has a appetite suppressant benefit. Um, but again, it has a million uh, hormonal benefits. So I'm going to go through now, now that you guys understand what fasting is, who it's for. Um, I'm going to go through the benefits now, um, and you can just implement it. Now, if you have questions on fasting, I highly encourage you to hit up us hit us up on Instagram um, at mind underscore verse underscore muscle. Um, you can hit me up at cody.boomboom um, or Theo at Theo Bowie. We we've both done a lot of intermittent fasting. Um, Michael as well, he's done a lot of intermittent fasting. Uh, But on top of that, you can get into the team page and then you can ask us a more in-depth question and we can help you out. Because there's a lot of people that are asking these questions in the team page and that's why I decided to make this podcast. So one of the really cool benefits of intermittent fasting is that it has cell mobilization, uh, fat cell mobilization. So essentially 
if you have stubborn fat that you can't get rid of, you might want to try intermittent fasting. The reason being is what I was talking about before, I believe. Um, when we go into ketosis and on a ketogenic diet, our body starts utilizing ketones for fuel. In other words, it starts using fat for fuel. Well, when you're intermittent fasting, your body goes into that mode slightly. You're not in full-blown ketosis if you fast 16 hours, but your body starts to mobilize fat a little bit differently. So... If you have stubborn body fat, this could be a really good way. And I know a lot of physique competitors and a lot of high-level physique coaches who use this, um, even if it's just 12 hours. And this is one of the benefits of fasted cardio, right? If you're doing fasted cardio at a very, very low intensity, I mean like a slow, brisk walk, like barely even moving. You're not sweating. You're not breathing hard. You can have a full conversation. You could, sh- you could listen to audiobook. You could read if you wanted to. You might be burning a little bit more fat. Now – in the long run, you're burning the same amount of calories, um, and this is why the debate between fast cardio and non-fast cardio is so heavy because you're burning the same amount of calories. But in the long run, if you have stubborn body fat, you might be able to trick your body into burning more fat for fuel if you implement fasting. So that's a huge benefit for anybody trying to get really lean. The next one, cell repair. So during a fast, your body will rid of waste materials inside the cells um, and dead cells themselves while repairing and rebuilding newer, stronger cells. This is why it can be such a huge benefit to disease prevention and rehabilitation because you're getting rid of dead cells and rebuilding stronger cells. Therefore, it's harder for diseases to bind to the cells inside your body because they're being stronger. Um, Again, disease prevention and longevity. So gene expression is something that happens where your body experiences changes in their genes, cells, and molecules directly related to lifespan and disease prevention. In other words, you can help improve your epigenetics. So this could be huge for anybody who's having kids or who plans on having kids. Your child will take on a lot of the unhealthy habits that you have, whether it's smoking, whether it's fast food, whether it's a lack of nutrients, and they can actually have immunity issues. Um, That's why a lot of kids have eczema or asthma or um, even – they're even linking um, uh, Down syndrome now and autism related to gut health and epigenetics. So – We have the power to not only help our own epigenetics, which means that we can alter our genes to be leaner, to be smarter, to be uh, have better digestion, to have all these different things. But we can also reflect that onto our children in the future so they don't have to deal with this stuff, which I think is such a cool benefit because we have the power to do this through food and through fasting. So – Fasting is good for your epigenetics. It can really, really help. Again, going back to that cell regeneration in the in the gut health benefits is really the main reason with the epigenetics that it helps. But also just real food, guys. Real, real food. Um, paleo-ish stuff. Um, and it's not to say that you can't eat grains because if grains sit well with you, go for it. I eat paleo-ish, but I entered grains back in and I feel totally fine. So I'm going to continue to eat grains. But I eat Bob's oatmeal. Like I don't eat Wonder Bread and shit like that. So anyway, before I go on another rant. Insulin levels. So fasting can improve insulin sensitivity, which has been shown to help lose more body fat and store less body fat um, from the food taken in. It's also linked to many obesity-related diseases such as like diabetes. So if we want to fight off again – so as you can tell, intermittent fasting can significantly help fight off diseases that we do not want for longevity or health. Um, But it can also improve your insulin sensitivity. And what that means is we can essentially utilize and absorb the carbohydrates and calories in general that we take in and utilize it for fuel versus storing it as body fat. So if someone has really poor insulin sensitivity, it's not likely that they should be on a high uh, carb diet. And that's where uh, insulin resistance comes from. When we're really, really overweight, 
we become insulin resistance. It's the same reason why I actually stopped uh, eating so many. I went on a low carb diet when I first started uh, because I was overweight. So I was I wasn't very uh, sensitive to insulin. Like I wasn't insulin sensitive. So I cut out carbs for the most part until I became lean enough to enter them back in. And now I'm on a more high carb diet. So we can control this, um, but insulin or intermittent fasting can actually help those insulin levels regardless of where our macros are at. So that's huge for this stuff, guys. Um, growth hormone. Intermittent fasting can uh, help boost our growth hormone. This can help to regulate body composition, body fluids, muscle and bone growth, uh, sugar and fat metabolism, and possibly even heart function they're finding out. So all things directly related to uh, more muscle and less fat, but also just general health and longevity and aging. Um, If growth hormone is improved significantly, we can help the aging process because as we know, as we age, growth hormone goes down, which goes right to my next one, testosterone. Fasting has been shown to directly bump levels of testosterone in men, uh, and and this happens due to helping our androgen receptors, which contribute to increasing testosterone. So androgen receptors are just things inside of our body that essentially allow testosterone to be produced and uh, not allow estrogen and other stress-related hormones to to rise in men. So for women, this isn't going to apply as much, but it can also benefit you because it will balance out your testosterone estrogen levels. If you can tolerate it, but it might go out of whack. So that's like the double-edged sword here. Like, and it actually the same goes with men. If you're if men have higher stress hormones, you might not want to intermittent fast because it can cause adrenal fatigue and higher cortisol levels because you're stressing your body out more. Um, and that's if you're at the extreme. So if guys have uh, adrenal fatigue, I wouldn't suggest intermittent fasting. But if you just notice that you're tired, you have low testosterone levels, then you should absolutely implement intermittent fasting. Lose weight, Um, obviously. All of the above can help significantly lose body fat from all the things that I'm talking about right now. Um, But one of the biggest reasons too is it's it's just easy to stay in a caloric deficit. So you get all these hormonal releases to help lose weight, uh, but you also can sustain a lower calorie diet easier because you have a shorter eating window. So it's easier to keep your calories low in that, that window, in that time period. Um, your metabolism will actually increase. So this is another big benefit uh, is the metabolic boost. So due to the body's natural hormonal boost, insulin improvement and survival mechanisms that are essentially happening with all this shit that I'm talking about, your metabolism will actually bump up and become faster due to intermittent fasting. Um, studies will show this significantly um, more often when the fast is longer. And I need to point that out. So like simply fasting 12 to 16 hours may not have a huge effect on your metabolism, if at all. Um, But when you increase that fast to 16, 18, 20, 24, it's more likely to happen. But the thing I will say is everything I've talked about above these testosterone, growth hormone, insulin, um, body fat being lost, um, your mental clarity and uh, fatigue getting better so you have more energy, all these things will significantly uh, relate and improve your metabolism. So even if your 12 to 14 hour fast doesn't increase the metabolism directly, all those things will. Okay. So, so that's something to note because your metabolism will, whether it's directly from a long period fast or indirectly from a shorter fast, your metabolism will get better with intermittent fasting. Uh, stress and inflammation, huge benefit here. Um, intermittent fasting has shown to help improve 
oxidative stress and inflammation inside your body, which are both things that are linked to aging and chronic disease, which means essentially intermittent fasting can help aid uh, in slowing the aging process down and reducing inflammatory markers inside your body. And that's from your joints to your brain to your gut, um, all things related. And and in general, inflammation can uh, slow us down mentally, um, clarity-wise, mess with our memory. It can cause our gene expression so that going back to the epigenetics things to mess with it can cause disease to get higher uh, risk of disease to get higher um immunity uh, issues like i was talking about before whether it's eczema or like i have or any of these other things to be higher um side note speaking of eczema i've literally reversed my eczema and i haven't put any ointment on my body or lotion for eczema in months and it is solely from intermittent fasting and cutting out bullshit in my diet i cut out specific things that were causing reactions in my body just like elimination diet and then i entered back the things that aren't and i've been intermittent fasting at least 12 hours every single day but up to 16 and i literally have zero eczema and i don't take anything for it so this is a great example because inflammation inside of our body usually in the gut can cause these different immunity diseases and issues so that being said, if you want to reduce inflammation, if you got joint pain and all this stuff, this is huge. Um, and, and oxidative stress on your body in general will be reduced. Um, healthy heart. So some studies have even shown doing uh, some intermittent fasting can actually improve cholesterol, triglycerides, blood pressure, and inflammatory markers, uh, which all will benefit your heart health. So if you're looking for a cardiovascular benefit um, to stay away from cardiovascular disease or just have a healthy heart in general for longevity, this is huge. Um, this one is a game changer, cancer prevention. So cancer cancer is obviously a terrible disease that we don't want to even consider, but it binds to specific cells, especially dead cells, right? Like weak dead cells will get bound, uh, cancer will bind to it and grow and manifest. So if we're constantly regenerating our cells because of intermittent fasting, we can significantly reduce the the uh, risk of diseases like cancer. And, and cancer isn't the only disease that does this. So there's many diseases out there um, because fasting helps with the regeneration of cells, um, which can help in aiding cancer and more. So we can lower our risk and even prevent. Um, and, and they even implement uh, this is the same thing with ketosis, right? Has a very similar effect because carbohydrates are uh, primarily for most cancers. They're actually finding that specific, more rare types of cancers can bind to fat as well. But majority of cancer uh, is is grown because it binds to carbohydrates and that's its fuel. So when people go into ketosis on a really, really high fat diet and they're very, very low, their body isn't producing those that gl- uh, glycogen and glucose in the body and the carbohydrates in the body. So the, the cancer has a tough time growing. Um, so ketosis works the same, but intermittent fasting has a similar effect as that. So they'll even do this with pa- patients on chemo and stuff. They'll go, go to ketosis and intermittent fasting to reduce or uh, reverse cancer. Um, and last but not least, gut health. Like everything I've talked about before influences gut health, especially with the inflammation stuff. Um, but it has been showed to help aid the GI tract in digestion, um, which will also help protect your gut bacteria. Both are going to be huge for anti-inflammatory benefits um, and just generally gut health. So when we want to talk about absorbing nutrients and calories properly to build muscle, perform better, and not add fat on our body – we need to have absorb, uh, nutrient absorption um, and nutrient partitioning on a, on a really high and positive and beneficial level. Intermittent fasting is going to help that because it helps slow things down, give our digestion uh, a break, let our gut heal fully and uh, actually cooperate with us. So if you are looking for um, better gut health, I definitely suggest intermittent fasting. And with this, even 12 hours can help because it gives your body a break. All right, guys. 
as you can tell, that was a longer podcast than I intended again because there is a shit ton of benefits when it comes to intermittent fasting. I highly suggest everybody do a little bit because even if you're happy with your physique, you don't care about burning body fat, um, you're not worried about muscle mass or how you look, the health benefits that will be passed down in generations is so unbelievable and it makes so much sense why these scientists are digging more and more into time-restricted feeding. It makes more and more sense why they linked intermittent fasting and circadian rhythms together and why um, – shit, that's another benefit. Your circadian rhythm, which regulates all these fucking hormones, will benefit from intermittent fasting. But it makes sense because that's what ancestors – were essentially raised and built off of. It was intermittent fasting and time-restricted feeding and eating when the sun was out, uh, resting when the sun was down, not having lights. All these things make sense and they're bringing brought to our attention. So it's up to us to utilize them so we can be healthier, live longer, be leaner, and provide a better life for our uh, future kin essentially. So if there's anything more you guys want on intermittent fasting, make sure you jump in the Mind vs. Muscle team page and you can ask us literally anything that you want and we will answer you. So I'm out, guys. Appreciate you all for listening and I will catch you next time. If you love the Mind vs. Muscle podcast, want more free content, and you want to support the movement, share this podcast and leave us a five-star rating and review. To get your questions answered on the next episode, see the show notes for our social media handles and hashtag Mind vs. Muscle.